1: Howdy hey my Bruin brothers and sisters. <laughs> wow, you could say that again. Hey howdy, howdy hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> woohoo woohoo. I you heard- can tell I've been in the wilds of Wyoming. Wild wild west. Yes yes. You barely no. made it. I I did. I think you just came in on your uh, horse, didn't you, with your daughter here and yeah. just like let's <laughs> go on it. Yeah. I, I left I left my wife in uh, Wyoming. Actually. <laughs> you, <laughs> a, I did. It's a country song right there. Well, yeah, hopefully she's making it back uh, by Wednesday or so. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had to leave her there with the RV. <laughs> now, what happened? Some bearings broke. You skidded on the freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All uh, your beer yeah, crashed. Bearing went out, and uh so we got stuck uh, outside of Rollins, got towed into Rollins, and... uh uh, spent a little time there visiting the prison and the uh, <laughs> county museum. The prison's actually really cool in Rawlings, if you ever get a chance. It's actually worth driving off of uh, I-80 into Rawlings and going to the um, Wyoming uh, State uh, Penitentiary. It used to be from like uh, 1901 to 1981. Wow. Pretty cool place. Huh. And uh, they give a really
2: good tour. Did you sleep in the cell overnight while your RV was getting repaired, or...? No, we slept oh. at
1: the hotel. Okay, but, uh okay. No, I get rented a car, and I had to get back for work and to do the show, so uh, uh, my wife had to stay, and I brought the kids and the dog, and I we jumped in a rental car and drove back. Well, nice. Uh, non-stop from Rollins. At least the kids are on summer vacay, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But okay. dad has to work. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the way it goes. Well, I'm glad you made it. But uh yeah, it was it was a good trip. I, you know, experienced some really good beer. Uh you know, one one brewery that I was really impressed with, uh, all their beers was uh Grand Teton. Huh. I was What uh, type of beer? I, uh they I they had a an amber ale. They got uh, like six regular beers that uh-huh. they keep on all the time and then some seasonals. One of the seasonals is it would brune, which I haven't tried, but I'm really really uh wish I could get some. And they've got uh, like an amber ale, an ESB, which is like a, a really good American brown ale, and they got uh, um, uh, like a, uh, a summer ale or pale, uh, golden pale, and they got a, an IPA. And uh, anyways, I found them all like in Yellowstone. You go to Yellowstone, and the convenience stores there in the park they right. got like all sorts of different beers from different breweries around the, around the area. Nice. They're really really good. Who would have thought you'd find locally? craft beer in the middle of Yellowstone? Yeah, who would have thunk it? (laughs) Who would have thunk it? (laughs) But uh, I I was very pleased. It was a really nice trip. A lot of lot of great sights and uh, well deserved. They came with the family. Yeah, yeah. Had a good had a good time. And you know, uh, one of the things, uh, come back and what do I find? We have a uh, new, uh, very uh, very supportive sponsor for our show. Yeah, yeah. For the Monday show, who's that? This is uh, Northern Brewer. Nice. Northern Brewer is uh, our official new sponsor of the Jameel show.
2: Wow. We have a sponsor.
1: Yep. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, they they they're partnering with well, cash, cash money to support this this nice. uh programming. And uh you know, and and really it uh you know, I don't think they would do that unless they figured it would at least, you know, wasn't like throwing money down a, oh, a no, rat hole, no. but uh, they do that because you know we've got a lot of listeners, and Good info. Uh, you know uh, all our listeners out there, you're supporting us by downloading the shows and listening, and uh, that makes it possible for Justin to uh, get sponsors for the shows, and that helps uh, pay for all the equipment, the uh, bandwidth, the electricity, the whole shooting match, and yeah, uh, toilet paper. And <laughs> there's toilet paper now. <laughs> there is now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Stop using my hand. Yeah. And. Uh, <sighs> And, uh, so I, I really want to thank, uh, Northern yeah, thank Brewer you. for, for doing this and supporting the homebrew community, supporting the show. And, uh, uh, about four or five years ago, uh, I, my boss called me in and he's like, uh, you know, things change. There's like a reorg. And I worked at Macromedia and there was, it was reorganizations every six months. Right. And the latest reorg, you're reporting to somebody in Minnesota. <laughs> Get on a plane from Minnesota. I'm like, okay, it's January in Minnesota. What do I wear? Yeah, it's cold. And uh, so, so yeah, I get on the plane from Minnesota. I'm reporting this guy out there. I go out there, and he's and you know, he wants me out there like, you know, two weeks a month. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. I get out there. It's like minus four. jeez. <laughs> oh, Fahrenheit, and for all you people in like, uh, you know, in the Celsius parts of the world, uh, that's like really cold Celsius, and. Uh, <laughs> And so I, you know, I'm going into work in Minnesota. I had to walk, you know, the couple of blocks to the office from the hotel. Cause the car didn't work. Each morning. Right. Yeah. You know, like my nose hairs were freezing. <laughs> and, uh, in the evening, what I would do is, uh, go back to the hotel and I'd go through the yellow pages and I'd look for, you know, okay. the, all the, the, brew pubs and homebrew shops, whatever. And I came across this one. It was Northern Brewer. I'm like, one evening I jumped in a cab and went down there just I don't know, just to check it out. It's nice. A really nice shop. Yeah. Really nice people. I think I met Kurt Stock was having to be working right. that evening and he's a really nice guy. I like him a lot. Yeah. I think he shared his Russian Imperial Stout with okay. me. And uh anyways he does, he does the mead too, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he's yeah, a great he's, mead yeah, maker. He's oh not uh, for Kurt and uh Kathy right. uh stock. And uh yeah, they shared some beer with me, we chatted, told them where I was from, and, uh, uh, really nice place, and they, they gave me directions to Barley Johns. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I Local think they, they, they called a cab for me. Huh. Uh, That's to nice I go to this, uh, uh, this new brew, brew pub that was, that was open at Barley Johns. I went out there, and, and, uh, they had, you know, like five great beers on, and a really tiny little funky place out, hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. But, uh, I was really, you know, I remembered that to that, from that day, uh, the, how good the northern brewer people were to me. And you know, every once in a while you run across, uh, uh, you know, uh, shop owners that are really nice and really, really, uh, customer uh, service. Good customer them. service. Yeah. The, all the best, uh, places, the most successful places mm-hmm. tend to have, uh, really good customer service. If they don't, they don't stay in business exactly. or anything. So it's nice to see that, uh, they've succeeded in the, in the past mm-hmm. few years and, uh, now they can afford to, uh, Help out this struggling venture. <laughs> <laughs> we're still afloat, you know? I mean, oh, actually, we're doing quite yeah, well. We okay. uh, I've seen numbers. Good. You uh, have to tell me later. I think, uh, yeah, we we got no problems Good. going
2: on down here. You know what I'm most impressed about? Northern Brewers are catalogs. They put them, I think, four to six out a, a year. Wow. And they have this comic, and whoever does their artists is, is really does great work, but I'm really impressed. It, it just kind of keeps you plugged in. It's new, refreshing <laughs> You that's cool. cool. And I do. And they I do look at their catalog.
0: They do a good job on them, too. Yeah. I was talking to them a little bit about it. Um, their design guy is working on that stuff all the time. That's all he does. That's how they put out so many of them. Right. But they do look great, and it lets you see the product really well. Right.
1: I don't think they send me a catalog. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they will now, Jay-Z. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they might send you two. <laughs> all right. They'll yeah. send it here <laughs>
1: with their sponsorship. Yeah. So, cool. uh Yeah, I, I'm really pleased to, uh, to hear that. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Kind of, kind of made my day. Anyways, uh, today we are talking about uh, wood aged beer. All right, and this is I'll tell you right now. I don't have a specific recipe because you can wood age almost every beer. Yeah. So, uh, tell us about wood aged beer, John. What do you got for us on wood aged beer? (laughs) This one's a little bit of a challenge.
2: Um, I think the most important if you're going to brew wood aged beer is to brew a great base beer. have a great base pilsner, a great base, or uh, you could I guess you could oak a pilsner. I mean, there's no rules here. Uh, a porter, a Belgian double, um, but with that, with whatever oak you use, um, make sure you're conservative with it at first, up front. I mean, you could always add more later. If you over oak a beer, you can't really fix it. Um, it's kind of like with wine too. Um, but as far as an aroma, with this is a this is a challenge one. I mean, what do you say about wood Joe oak beer? But depending on the oak you use, well, it's French gonna, gonna have some flavors from the oak. Yeah, you're gonna get yeah. flavors, but aromatic. If you use a French or American, uh, American tends to be a little bit more aromatic than French. It tends to impart uh, almost double the amount of aromatics compared to French.
1: Uh, well, tell us about you know what
2: the, if you had a wood aged beer, what would you be smelling, tasting, probably seeing? Probably smell some caramel, some vanilla, maybe some uh, cocoa, chocolate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. toasty notes. Um, and you probably even get some of that in the flavor, some chocolate or vanilla coming through. Um, and maybe even a little bit of astringency if you over-oaked mm-hmm. it. I mean, that will go away From in From the time. tannins. From the tannins, mm-hmm. right. But, you know, other than that, I mean, it, it you have to exp- – It could be almost any it could beer, be an, right? You have to, exp- you know, experiment with oak and right. really just kind of figure out what works for you and what type of beer you brew with. Um, okay. I have found that when you oak a beer, mm-hmm. it's better about a month later after you oak it. And you take out the oak and you let it settle for about a month because it's
1: intense. Mm-hmm. But that's all I have to say. I mean, you can oak any beer. I mean. <laughs> so in the description of an oaked beer, right. it's the the thing is it's it should be a good beer of whatever style first. It should yeah, be a yeah. good beer. Right. You can't take if you've got a beer that's bad and you want to uh wood age it it's not going to fix it it's not going to fix it's it it's going to make it worse yeah you're you're just wasting your time you're wasting your 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 wood you're, yeah you're, don't want to waste you, it. you know you're you, you really want to um, start with a great base beer right the the question is, you know, what do you what do you uh, what what beer do you choose to to oak age or wood age? Because mm-hmm. you could you could wood age any in any wood. Now some of the woods are not going to be so great. And one of the reasons they choose oak, French oak, American oak, Hungarian oak, uh, any oak for wine barrels is. Uh, you know, it, it tends to do a complementary type of, of flavor and tends to work well. Right. Yeah. If you think if you did like a pine aging, I <laughs> don't think it would work out no. very well. <laughs> well, hickory or maple, <laughs> you know, cedar or something <laughs> like that. I, I don't know. I, you know, somebody can give it a try, but uh, I'm not, I'm not so sure it'd be so great. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can wood age any beer. The, the, and historically, what uh, people have aged in in wood has been the bigger higher alcohol beers and one of the reasons for that are that you know the higher you know hop higher alcohol beers one of the reasons for that is that uh, the alcohol and the hops kept the bacteria at bay Right, the the beer would uh, last longer. It, it could hold up to the rigors of of barrel aging. Right, so you fill a barrel with this beer, and you're going to get some oxidation, which allows you know certain bugs to grow. You're going to get you know certain things happening, and the higher alcohols help protect that beer. Mm-hmm. So in the past, people would uh, would age only uh, or tended to wood age only the the, the stronger beers. Mm-hmm. Now today we have much better control of sanitation. For example, when I uh, prepare uh, my wood for uh, putting in my beer, mm-hmm. I will uh, put in a in a mason jar, a small mason jar, and I'll pressure cook it so it's sterile. Before I put it in, you don't lose any aromatics from doing that at all, you think? I mean, well, it's a sealed container, oh, so it's all the- right. Okay. So you get those juices in there, and I right. usually throw the juices in with it. With oh, right. Because I put a, a little dash of water in there to generate the steam. Okay. And then that whole thing goes in there, so it gives it kind of a little kickstart. Okay. okay. And it might be changing the character a little bit, might not. One of the things I think. Uh, yes you know, on the on the subject of sanitation, one of the things you can do is if you start with your oak uh you can just get yourself uh, some some water, boil some water uh and then you know pour like uh, for an ounce or two of oak cubes. you might pour a half a cup You're or in. a cup of water on that in a in a heat proof uh, container and let it steep for fifteen twenty minutes and once it's cooled. It's uh, you know covered with a piece of foil. Once it's cooled, it's ready to to go in there. And I I doubt anything is living. Uh, that's going to be a problem at that point. Now, do you
2: recommend doing that no matter what? Definitely sterilizing it with a hot water source. I mean, do you really have to? I don't because with know, wine you don't. But it's a higher alcohol. Right. Right. Okay.
1: You, and I think if you're going with the higher alcohol beers, I think that's an excellent point, John. I think if you're going with the higher alcohol beers, you're going with wine something like that. Yeah. It'll it'll hold up a little better. Okay. But um. You know, if you're going with a lower alcohol beer, definitely I would. But you know, when I started out using uh, oak in in beers, I didn't bother with any of that. And did I you have any problems? Uh, not that I really recall. Hmm. But uh, you know, I, I like to to have good Safety. control over what's in the beer. Uh-huh. So uh, now I you know I do them in the pressure cooker, and then I have you know just a few jars you know sitting by, and whenever I want to use oak, I just, just toss, toss it in. them in. Right on. Right. What about are you now? You're using cubes or chips. What I like is is cubes, and uh, you know it's, it's just because I started with cubes. Right. I think you can use chips. I think you could use sawdust if you wanted. Huh. The thing is, um, you know, with with the cubes, um, you know, it, depending on how fine the surface area is, how much surface area you're putting in, the um, the issue is, uh, you know, the more rapidly you're going to uh, extract the oak flavors, aromas, things okay. like that, tannins. Okay. So cubes work really well for me, and that's what uh, you know uh, I find in my local homebrew shop, and and uh, I like, you know, as a as a middle of the road oak French uh, medium or medium plus medium toast plus, yeah. in, in cubes boy it tends to work really well with right. just about anything. Uh like you're saying the American a little more aggressive uh flavor you get more and, oak presence like you can mm-hmm. really smell the oak, you know, it's not more
2: of a flavor it's smells like it's wood, like oak aged right. wood, so.
1: Well, and and one of the things um I think is critical to uh wood aging beer is the time of contact. Mhm. So like we're saying, the finer the, uh, wood product that you put in there, the more surface area that you have in there, the less time the beer can be in contact with it right. before the oak becomes kind of overwhelming and real tannic and, and astringent. And if you, if you have that extraction very rapid, your oak character seems to be very one dimensional. Okay. Well, I was, when we were in uh you know, Wyoming where we were hiking and you know, we went horseback riding all this and and one of the things I really love is the smell of the forest out there. Oh yeah. You know, you get all those trees and it's not just Cheater. the smell of a of a of a single tree that you're smelling. Oh, it's I mean uh, if you if yeah. you were to cut a, a hunk of tree and bring it home with you and smell it, yeah, that's one of the aromas you get out of the forest. Mhm. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of other things. In the, it's the grasses, the meadows, it's the uh, moisture in the moisture, air, sure. it's it's pollens, it's a lot of other things going on mm-hmm. that give it this kind of rich uh, life. melange of, uh, you know, aromas and characteristics that th- the same thing's true of wood aging a beer. If you just go and, uh, you know, cut yourself a, a hunk of uh, American oak and and toss that in there, you're gonna get this, you know, wood flavor coming through. Right. If you go with a toasted oak, and uh, the toasting brings out uh, a lot of the vanilla flavors and uh, other wood flavors that uh, uh, are, add some complexity. Well, you're caramelizing it when you when you toast right. it, uh-huh, right? Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. And the uh, you know adding that to the beer, if if over time the extraction happens it seems to have a different character mm-hmm. to the wood you, you seem to get a different flavor you seem to get a broader uh character character of flavors okay now now this is with uh with just oak or you know uh you know cubes and you're doing um uh you know a, a you you do your primary fermentation uh, and uh, this is something that you might uh you know do a secondary on and then you can add your oak in the secondary, right. in the carboy. And that would be cubes and you're in a glass carboy. What I like to do is I like to get my beer completely fermented out, done, it's finished, the beer turned out great, now I'm gonna oak. And I'll do that in a stainless keg. Okay. And I'll let that sit in there and I can throw in my oak cubes and, uh, or, you know, chips or whatever, what have you. And, uh, that will uh, give me a little more control and I, I also like it hooked yeah. up because I know you can you know, taste it yeah exactly Yeah, you yeah. need to taste it right so you taste it every you know day every few days yeah. or you know it depends on how much oak you put in sure sure now for your average five gallon batch of beer y- you might start with an ounce of uh, you know uh, medium plus uh, toasted french oak cubes mm. and you know just let it sit and you know I like to again take time and see how it develops over time I've I've Put cubes in in beers for you know years. Really? Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I did which ones? I got to know this later though. I did an English barley wine, and it uh, and I think I I kept oak in there for like two years. Nice. And it, and it completely dissolved. Oh yeah, I mean, it was just like an oak sludge in the bottom. <laughs> and they were done. cubes. Yeah, and it was really oaky. Awesome. You know, but uh, several years later, it's it's quite nice. Nice. <laughs> I need to try that. So it it, it took a while, two but. Years. Uh, you know if you put too much in again it becomes one dimensional the same thing can be said of they th- i actually have a bottle of oak essence it's like just, toasted it, oak i think I, I don't know how they do that they add like alcohol to a to to a grain alcohol to a to a like a wine barrel and uh, you know just swirl it around in there and it's it's brown it's you know almost black yeah. in color yeah. now is it, it smells oaky or a flavor uh, for both. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I have that, and I have, uh, like a sawdust that they do, and, you know, all these different things. But, you know, again, the, the problem with that is it's very one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you want a complexity here. I think you want a chance to, uh, uh, you know, get... Uh, some of those other caramel flavors, vanilla flavors, some of the tannins. You want some of the tannins Mm -hmm. in there. And, you know, whatever beer you pick, you want something that's going to go with those flavors and with that tannin. So uh, I think, you know, it's very important to, to, you know, choose wisely on how much oak you're putting in there. I I have a bunch of questions for you. Okay, when we come back, we're going to kind of get into the barrel thing as well. Oh,
3: there you go. can you imagine a world without liquid yeast or german pilsner malt no rinse sanitizer east kent goldings neither can northern brewer Since 1993, Northern Brewer has been dedicated to spreading the enjoyment of good brewing and good beer by bringing these and other products to homebrewers everywhere. They have a comprehensive selection of ingredients and equipment for making beer, mead, wine, cider, and soda with thousands of different items in stock. Everything you need in one place at a great price. Tech support and order advice from their expert and friendly staff is available by email or phone seven days a week. Fast and accurate shipping combined with their central location in minnesota usa means you never have to wait long for your order request a free full color catalog by calling toll free 1-800-681-2739 or visit them online at northernbrewer.com
0: this is the jameel show
1: Hey, we're back. Oaked, oaked, oaked. <laughs> uh, well, I was, I was going to. Uh, go? I was going to uh, ask you, have you ever had a really good uh, wood-aged beer? Um, just the one I brewed. Yeah, but that's yeah. about it. What? And what
2: one was that? It was uh, an English brown ale that was like a freaking clone from Firestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had oaked it for two weeks, and it was horrible the first month. And then all of a sudden, around month two, it just it was just like vanilla, mm-hmm. chocolate, and it was perfect. And but I never had a commercial brew or a microbrew or anything before. I mean, me—that's oh, not. I've had an oaked IPA before. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who it was though.
1: But. I, had, I had a few good good ones. Um, and uh, you know the the Flanders Red that we do—is uh, yours
2: Flanders oaked?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's actually some oak in there as well and that's 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 it that's why you're victorious with it because because it has oak because it has oak there you go yeah and you got wood and uh everything works out better (laughs) apparently so anyways uh so what you're what you're trying to achieve with with the wood aging is you're trying to extract these flavors of 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 the wood and the the Type of wood we're talking about—it's not like licking a uh, uh, pine board <laughs> or tamarack <Yeah>, or tambark <laughs> or anything like that, <laughs> or you know, uh, chewing on your pencil. Yeah, you want something in the toasting of the oak, yeah, you know, those French oak, Hungarian oak, American oak, that really tends to develop the flavors of the wood, and that again, that vanilla, that caramel, those, those, those. Uh, interesting uh, notes. Mm. And so it's important to use that kind of wood, I think. You can try other things, but uh, it's important to use that. And it's important to pick a beer that's going to go with those flavors. Well, you can try any beer. I think any you can yoke any beer, but you really, um, or you can wood-age any beer. I think it's just getting the right characters to kind of meld and the right intensity of, of wood character with that beer now let me ask you this would you
2: say that the toast level
1: is i mean
2: how high the toast level is does does that depend on how long you actually leave in contact with your beer
1: I think that's more related to, um, the style of beer. So, you know, a bolder beer is, you, you might handle, um, a, a higher beer. level of toast. Okay. And, uh, you know, or it really depends on a lot of different factors. Okay. And really kind of the, the other flavors in the beer. Hmm. So, uh, you know, a bolder beer is going to, it's like, it's like making a fruit beer. In a bolder beer you're going to use a bolder type of oak flavor. Right. In a in you would use a bolder fruit flavor. In a bolder beer you're going to use more fruit or you're going to use more wood contact mm-hmm. in order to de- develop flavors that are complementary and not hidden by the bolder beer. In a more delicate beer if you were uh trying to wood age a uh, short spirit Oh yeah, short sure, beer that'd be nice or even, you know, like a light American lager where there's yeah, very there little flavor. Okay. Um you would uh you know pick uh, an oak flavor, you know, or wood flavor that's going to be fairly subtle and you're not going to go overboard with it. Although you know, uh, you know so you can you can get any any level of flavoring you want in there but mm. i would go with something a little more restrained mm-hmm. just just cuz you want the beer to still seem like a beer right. not like you know chewing on a handful of wood right. but you know something complementary flavors complementary tannins complementary uh, aromas complementary uh, even colors if you're if you're going with a really light colored beer now is there a reason why you're adding oak in the secondary I mean, what would for me? It's more of a control issue. Like you said, it's a very important to taste the beer as it's progressing. So you're tasting it after primary. You take your hydrometer and You see where you're at. Right. You well, I, you... I, I I I finish the beer. Uh uh-huh. As far as uh, you know, fermentation goes. It's in the keg. Okay. And you know, I'm I'm ready to carbonate it at that point. And I taste it there. And if it tastes about right, I go ahead and throw my 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 oak cube's in there. But you're making a decision. carbonates, yeah. At yeah. that point, though. Right. Based on that taste, should I yes. use a medium toast or a heavy toast? Right. And generally, I know how the beer's going to turn out okay. before I do it. sure. Because there are almost always beers I've brewed before without wood aging. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, I'm wood aging them, so okay. I know what what it's going to turn out like. Okay. But that's a good point also. Okay. You know, at that point, that's kind of where you decide. Hmm. You know, eh, what kind of what kind of oak should I use? Right. What kind of uh, you know how much oak should I use? And the the lesser oak amount of oak you use, the lesser surface area there is, the longer it takes to extract that oak flavor, but the more complex it can be. If you mm-hmm. don't put enough in, you won't get enough oak flavor and character. Mm-hmm. You were saying, I think during the break that. Uh, those so oak cubes are only good for about a year, and then you're not extracting any more flavor from them.
2: Yeah, cubes are 9 to 12 months, roughly, uh-huh. and chips are 3
1: months. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so that's short. That's short, yeah. But there's more surface area on the chips, right? Yeah, that's right. They're quicker contact.
2: Yeah, per weight, right.
1: Yeah. So uh, when we talk about surface area and we talk about weights, if somebody tells yeah, throw an ounce of oak in there, it's like, uh, are you talking an oak Sawdust. You're talking, you know, a you know two by two inch piece of oak. You're talking chips. You're talking to cubes. What are you talking? Now saw I never used sawdust. What's what, like two weeks we sawdust? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it's uh, you know, it's going to depend on the beer. It's going to yeah. depend on the sawdust, but it's it's a pretty short period of time. I I really would steer away from sawdust. I would go chips or cubes if yeah. you're going to use a a wood product like that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, some of the vendors, uh, some of the homebrew shops have, especially the ones that do a lot of wine stuff. Uh, have like holders for the, the oak, and uh, and they're well, like discs or something, and you put them in there and you can actually control the uh, contact a little better with they're those. They're called or? infusion tubes,
2: uh-huh. but they're more for barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, they're for neutral barrels. Mm-hmm. I mean, with if I was using a keg, I'd probably use a hot bag, mm-hmm. and if you're using cubes, then we can take them out after a couple weeks, right, right. Or wherever the flavor is that you like it at. So,
1: Well, what I tend to do is just throw them in loose. I tend not to use bags. It's another thing I gotta sanitize. So I throw okay. them in loose into the keg, and then when when it's ready, just I jumper. just jumper use a transfer line to go from one keg to another, mm-hmm. and then I leave behind you know all the other stuff. And you could probably reuse them. Yeah, yeah, yeah if not good, you yeah. Know. And It's so cheap that yeah, they, yeah a couple never of bother. Bucks. Yeah. Whatever. So well. the other thing that you can do as as far as uh, wood aging is, you can have a barrel, and you can add your beer to a barrel. And the interesting thing about a barrel, the different barrel sizes actually gives you different surface area per you, you may think oh yeah a really large barrel has a lot of surface area yes it does but you have a lot more beer in there yeah, the volume and so the 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 ratio of you know surface area in square inches or square centimeters Per gallon or quart or liter, depending on if you're metric or imperial measurements, cool. uh, you know that ratio is what's going to determine how fast the uh, flavors infuse into the beer, right? Or the beer extracts them from the from the wood, right? So in a barrel, especially in the smaller barrels, that's a pretty high surface area. Yeah,
2: I mean, like a 10 gallon barrel is probably with beer, I don't know, a month if that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's a, not a long time. I mean, Firestone, uh-huh. their Union system, they're only about a week contact time with their double right. barrel,
1: right? And that you can taste some oak the subtlety
2: is there, yes, you but can. it's
1: balanced though. So. Right, right. Yeah. It depends on how much you want. Now, yeah. I uh, uh, f- as part of the Ninkasi prize package, there was a <laughs> a 8 gallon uh, uh, American oak barrel. Oh, cool. Uh, from White Labs and uh, Lambic huh? from Brewers Union, and I can't remember the, the brewery that was involved, but uh, a bunch of good folks, uh, you know, uh, uh, provided this prize, and uh, we pretty much tried to drink the beer there at the conference. You know, everybody uh, grabbed pitchers, and we poured in pitchers, and everybody drank it up, and it was quite oaky. Oh, yeah. really, really oaky. Oh, and then. Yeah, yeah, it was full of beard. And I couldn't carry it home. I couldn't even carry it, like, out of the conference room. Wow. <laughs> you know, it was kind of heavy. And, uh, so we emptied it there. I took it home and I filled it up with, uh, uh some stock ale that I had. There you and, go. And it's in there now. And one of the things about, uh, barrels is you can, you would, of course, reuse this many times. Mm-hmm. And the level of oak is going to change over time. Sure. So that first time you put your beer in there, it's going to be pretty quick. It's going to start uh, you know, tasting quite oaky, mm-hmm. and you're going to want to get it out of there. And the next time you put your your, your beer in there, it's going to take a little longer to get that oak flavor. Right. And the next batch, and the next batch, and the next batch. And eventually, the barrel's kind of spent as right. far as oak flavor goes. Yeah, I think new barrels'
2: lifespan for like a 30 is about four to five years for 30-gallon. Mm-hmm. And same goes for a sixty. And that's essentially keeping it full all the time. Full all the time. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they become pretty much neutral. But right. you could have them retoasted and then they're recouped. Mm-hmm. And then there's two to three years more extraction. And after that, they're they're mm-hmm. toast. They're planter boxes. Right. So,
1: and uh, you know they're pretty darn expensive too. Oh yeah. You know this. Uh, I looked up <laughs> online the cost of this uh barrel I have, and it's like you know. 250 bucks. Well, it's funny. The
2: smaller they are, the more expensive they are. hmm
1: You know? because well, they don't make a whole lot of them, that. I guess. They're more custom. But it's the same order. amount
2: of work for a less amount of volume. Right. So they right. jack the prices up. Right, right. So. so, yeah, they're not cheap. What about evaporation in the barrel? I mean, do you have to worry about topping up? With beer?
1: Come oh, in. absolutely. If, you know, we did a, uh, uh, a big brew for, uh, the Las Vegas, uh, homebrew conference. Uh, Harold Gobranson and myself at, uh, down at More Beer at EJ Fair. And, uh, that was we filled, beer. a, a uh, Jim Beam barrel, a full size Jim Beam barrel. Hmm. And, uh, that was p- parked on the shelves at More Beer there. Uh, while it aged in the barrel, like 80 degrees. Yeah, 80, 90 degrees. It was on the top rack, and I'd I'd go down there once a week, and uh, like Darren or uh um, Regan would lift me up on the uh, on the forklift. To the ceiling, which is really, you know, way up there. It's like, you know, one of those 20, 30 foot ceilings. Yeah, scary. And they'd lift me up, well, especially with the Regan driving, you know. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I trust him, but, you Not know. Not that much. There's a reason they call him Mad Dog. <laughs> right. And, uh, so, uh, he'd lift me up there and I'd get up there and we had some kegs of the, of the beer there. And when you do this, if you're, if you're doing a, a large barrel like that, you want to set aside, so you, when you're, when you're playing in your brew for a big barrel like that, mm-hmm. You need to, uh, reserve, uh, you know, or brew a big enough batch so you have like a couple of five gallon cornies of the beer left. And you'll need at least one. And, uh, each week that full size barrel would lose about a pint of beer every week, or a pint of liquid every week. Right. I had to top up. So there's some absorption going on and some evaporation. Right. Too. It's evaporating out through the, through the wood. It's, you know, they call it the angel share or whatever as it evaporates. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And, uh, so you need to keep topping that up. Otherwise you end up with a, a layer of oxygen in the barrel. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get your brett going and things like that. Now, if you want to do bugs, that's okay. That's, that's, that's okay. But, right. um, yeah, the the wood is porous and oxygen travels right through that that wood. It's it's like plastic buckets. You know, the majority of plastic, certain plastics are are more oxygen uh, permeable than others. Right. Uh, saran wrap, for example, is pretty much zero oxygen will go through Saran wrap, even though it's real thin. Right. It's a good tr- little trick there. But a a thick a thick uh, plastic bucket, depending on what type of material it's made of, oxygen go right through that. Hmm. So, it can, it's actually more permeable than a wood barrel. Really? Uh, you know, volume, size, uh, if you take, uh, you know, some of these things, uh, the, the oxygen goes, goes right through them. So this is ideal to do lambics in then too, buckets. Right. Well, or, and, you know, or. you want some oxygen, but you don't want too much. Okay. Now, uh, and again, the, on something like a barrel, yeah. it's really a volume surface area ratio thing again. Right. So if you go to Rodenbach and they've got these giant, uh, barrels, mm-hmm. Very little oxygen gets through. It's pretty much consumed by all the bugs living on the, right in the surface of the wood, uh, right there before it reaches the, the beers, you know. Yeah. But if you get down to the small homebrew size, you're going to get a lot more oxygen through that barrel. Same okay. thing in a bucket. Huh. So when you're aging, uh, a beer, on the bigger beers, they can handle a little bit of oxygen. The alcohols get kind of sherry-like, you things like that. that. And right. that, and that, that can be nice. Mm. That can be a nice character to the beer. On a, on a smaller beer, you're just going to end up with an oxidized beer if you leave it too long. Uh, that's why if you're doing something like you're wood-aging a mild or an ordinary bitter or a, even a colch or you know, any of those other beers, you're going to want to do it in, in glass uh, carboy or do it in stainless so you don't have an oxygen issue. Because
2: it's such a lighter gravity beer, and
1: yeah, and the oxygen is just, just really not going to be right. Is alcohol like a that? deterrent somewhat to it?
2: I mean, or is it deterrent to contamination? Because couldn't doesn't alcohol get oxidized
1: too a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, th- all, all sorts of compounds in the beer will get oxidized.
2: Okay. So,
3: uh,
1: uh, and some of them can be pleasant, uh, right. little sherry notes, and some of them can be kind of funky. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you can end up with this card, wet cardboard, papery type of flavor in the beer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that kind of oxidation is, uh, you know, definitely not something you want to get. So if you're doing it in a, in a barrel or a plastic bucket, you gotta really watch that, that clock. Okay. Now, uh, I, I was doing my Flanders all in plastic buckets and carboys and, you know, over a period of time now, I really believe in, if you're gonna do it a long period of time, uh, go with glass, even on the Flanders. If you're going to yeah. do a shorter period of time, uh, you can do the plastic buckets, even for the Lambics. But uh, past a certain point, you get some really nasty flavors. Much. That uh, it's a, a year is too much. Six mm-hmm. months, you're okay in something like that mm-hmm. on a Lambic or a, a Flanders. But a year doesn't seem right to me. Okay. Well, you had mentioned that you oaked your beer in a Jim Beam barrel, was it? Yes, okay. for the big brew for uh, the Las
2: Vegas convention. Now, can what do you think about taking some cubes or chips and soaking them in some hard alcohol? And
1: now, see, a number of people do
2: t- that. Into your beer, I mean.
1: Right. Now, now the interesting thing is that's really not going to be the same thing, okay? Because the Jim Beam barrels, uh, first off, most of those whiskey barrels, they brew a higher strength whiskey Mm-hmm. And then they dilute it after it's been barrel aged. They save on cooperage that way, oh, okay. and they dilute it with water, and then it's the product you get. In the it's a proof than we actually ever get. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, they, you know, the the flavors get into the wood, deep into the wood, over uh, quite a period of time. Hmm. So it's different. Hmm. Now, and the other thing is. If you want to add Jim Beam flavor, let's say, or whatever flavor, uh, you know, Jack Daniels, whatever flavor to your beer, and so you're soaking the wood to add to the beer, just pour the shot directly into the beer and save yourself soaking the wood, <laughs> right? right? Okay. <No> because <laughs> it doesn't enough. really do you any good to do that. So you go ahead and dose it with whatever uh, whiskey or bourbon or whatever you like. To get that flavor, and when the flavor is right, you know the, you go ahead and throw your your oak in there, separate or okay. you know at the same time.
2: That way you have more control too over the yes, oh, far, far more control. Go. Okay,
1: yeah, control. It's all about control. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I've I've heard of people soaking and they say, well, you know, and that sanitizes the wood and all that. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, unless you're at uh, you know seventy percent alcohol, one hundred forty proof it's or higher, sanitized. it's it's really yeah, it's not doing doing a whole lot of good. Good to know. So. You know, heat treat those those oak cubes and, uh, you know, uh, uh, pour in the sludge barrel. It, all the kids. Know, just pour in your Jim Beam yeah. for that. There you go. All right. When we come back, we'll talk more about wood age and beer after this short break. <laughs>
3: Fall, the most anticipated book in home brewing will be available from just one place.
1: Uh no that you can get it in a lot of places.
3: Well, the most anticipated book in home brewing will be available for pre order from only one place. That's not true either. Alright, smarty pants, but only one place will have it signed. Oh that's cool. TheBrewingNetwork.com offers Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev, the most awarded home brewer in history, and home brewing expert John Palmer. Available now for pre-order from the Brewing Network store, signed by Jamil himself. It's every BJCP style.
1: Every recipe is extract and all grain. Every single one has won awards. Every style has some tips on how you brew the beer, what to focus on, what the key parts are of brewing an excellent version of the style.
3: Available this fall, Brewing Classic Styles. Pre-order your copy today. Visit TheBrewingNetwork.com for more details. I feel good.
0: That I wouldn't now, back to the Jimmy show. I knew
3: that
1: I would hey, howdy hey? We are back. I always I feel good. good when I come in I,
2: <laughs> I really do. Well, I it miss, could be worse, we I could miss, not be talking about beer and uh, yeah, thinking about beer I And miss, now we get to toss
1: your it. your morning coffee enthusiasm, though. now you get my s- sombering
2: <laughs> like melancholy <laughs> drunken stupidness. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so All right. Uh, let's get back to the barrel stuff. So on that that big uh, barrel brew that we did, Hilger uh, Branson and I, uh, would, what, the, I, I went and got the Jim Beam barrels from uh, Barrels Unlimited in Fresno, and they gave me a screaming deal on like twenty bucks. Here you go. Wow! And uh, drove back with them, and uh, the first thing I did was drain out the Jim Beam. You know, you get yourself like a half gallon, <laughs> and and of really it. strong <laughs> Jim Beam. <laughs> And then, uh, uh, I, 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 filled the, the barrels with hot water. And, How hot? Uh, uh you know, 150? Yeah, is 150. Ideal. Sure. Uh, 150, John says. Right. And, uh, and, uh, I let those sit, uh, overnight. They were still hot the next day. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, uh, then I drained them out and I filled them up with a, uh, a, uh, 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 an acid, uh, uh, sulfide sulfide, sulfide sol- solution, acid. right? Okay. And uh, let that sit there because it was going to be a couple of months before we could do anything with them. I just wanted to you know, stun what was ever in there and then set them up for storage. How did you store it after that? Did you leave it dry or did you leave some water in there? Uh, I left it with the, the, the solution in it. And okay. It was going to be like a month. Okay. And, uh, I built my own rack. And one of the things was I wanted to minimize some of the flavor in there. It was going to be way, way, way too strong. Uh, and Harold and I were talking about we're, the stock ale was, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of other flavors to it. We didn't want to overwhelm the beer with the, with the flavor of this right. stuff. So I wanted to kind of rinse it out a few times to, to kind of turn the, the volume down. Right. After that, took it down to the brewery. Uh, we brewed, fermented, and, uh, once it was, uh, the beer was done, I uh, took the barrel down to the brewery, uh, we filled it again with, uh, 170 degree water from the brewery and then dumped it back out, then we put the beer in it. Okay. Bunged it up, took it up to the rafters and, uh, let it sit there. It still, it took about five months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to this day, the, the oak character is in there. Yeah. And, you know, we sampled it each week. When right. I would top it up, we sampled it and I'd, I'd ask, you know, a number of people, you know, what do you think? You know, you, do you taste oak? And you know, uh, after a month or two, a couple of people are like, "Yeah, I taste oak. I taste it in the background." Some people are like, "No, don't taste any oak." Hmm. And once I got everybody saying, "Yeah, yeah, I taste oak," and some people going, "Yeah, I taste a lot of oak." That's when that's when I, it was enough. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know, it's it's mellowed a little bit since then, but it's it's remained fairly constant. It hmm. really hasn't dropped off that much. I think if you're using a, a you know a more raw oak or something that hasn't a barrel that hasn't been conditioned much. You're gonna get a much more pungent flavor that may fade over time. Sure. Versus, sure. uh, you know, it's like when you're using the cubes, uh, you start out with it, and like you're saying, uh, initially it can be kinda, kinda much. Yeah, it's over the And top. then, and then it can fade sure. fairly yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, be, be just right. Well, when I brewed a beer
2: with those cubes, they were only in the secondary for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then in the keg for about two weeks it was just like it was like licking dam bark. And how much how much did you use? Two for? ounces for ten gallons of cubes. Gallons. See that's not <laughs> a lot. Not, not a lot, but it was there. I could taste it. Mm-hmm. And then later on it just and was this an American oak? French oak? It was a French oak and an English you know, base mm-hmm. beer, uh mm-hmm. brown ale, and it just subdued after a month and then all of a sudden all those vanilla flavors and The malt flavors just rounded out and everything just kind of synergistically just molded. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that goes the same with beer and wine. I mean, you can leave it in oak barrel a long time, and eventually it'll just kind of round out Mm -hmm. and breathe and kind of mellow. Right. You know.
1: So if you've got a set of oak cubes you're using over and over again, then, you know, it may take a little longer, and it'll be a little more mellow of a flavor. Mm -hmm. That initial fresh, uh, because those cubes are from like a fresh... You know. Yeah, toast. They're so so how do they go about getting this toast? And what do you talk to us about the toast of the of, I, a, of, I, a, of a I, oak?
2: Well I I believe that cubes are old barrels are cut up mm-hmm. and they're recouped or retoasted. re-toasted. Mm-hmm. And then they just shred them up into cubes for you. Mm-hmm. And I think the extraction time you have for cubes is about a year. Mm-hmm. You know, new barrels, um, extraction times four to five years for I think wine or for beer, mm-hmm. recouped barrels two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um uh, what else? Um, I know as far as how they toast them, and I'm not in a cooperage. Now, bear with me here, but I believe that if you cook a barrel and they're making them at the cooperage, the lower the heat, you can mm-hmm. get the same toast level, but the lower the heat, mm-hmm. you can get the same flavors into them, but the extraction's not as intense mm-hmm. over time. Right. So you can have a – I just bought a barrel for my wine. It's called ML. It's a medium-long toast. Mm-hmm. It's the same toast level as a medium-plus toast French barrel, but the extraction time is about double the amount of time, mm. um, almost seven to eight years I can get out of this. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'll be leaving my wine in there for two to three years, mm-hmm. and I'll get the same amount of extraction from a mm-hmm. one-year extraction from a medium-plus toast. Hmm. So, I, I mean, I would say research if you're a home brewer, but if you're going to use oak barrels, you can definitely get into – you know, figuring out what toast levels do for mm-hmm. your beer and different levels and how long you want to leave them in there and et cetera.
1: So. And what about the other ways of sanitizing uh, the barrels? Uh, all I know is the French way. It's um, sterilizing you smoke, you smoke a cigarette. You smoke a cigarette. in the hole and you're done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You got to love it, Our French listenership has just dropped off. They
2: never help out anyways. <laughs> um you prep with 150 degree water, you soak it on the ends uh-huh. for an hour, uh-huh. you start over with fresh hot water, 150 degrees on the other end, uh-huh. and what happens is that end cap on the barrel creates the staves to actually swell, which uh-huh. creates it to seal, uh-huh. and then humidity is produced in that barrel, which creates a seal too. Uh-huh. And you always want to do that no matter on new or recoup barrels, just because right. it just seals it. Yeah. Um, new barrels, I mean, if if you're going to store a barrel and it's not going to have any liquid in it, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to want to do that after. It's going to
1: dr- it's going to dry out, yeah. and then uh, when you put liquid back in it, it's going to start leaking. So yeah. you start off with the water, and oh it helps uh, swell it up. You can't okay. use too yeah. hot a water either, right? For yeah. for above 170, because, yeah. because you end up uh, over swelling the oak, and it uh, causes some problems, doesn't it? I th- yeah, I think you can actually extract too, too much flavors yeah. out yeah. of it, right? And then you neutralize your barrel, you have nothing left. <laughs> you have nothing left,
2: yeah. Right, right. So 150. To 170
0: is your zone, Mm as far as So, Right. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So we have some questions, Justin, from the uh, chat room?
0: We did. Lots of good questions today, actually. Everyone's excited about the uh, wood aging. Um, You covered a little bit of this, so maybe just uh, quickly. They did ask about aging with other woods uh, than oak. Uh, Specifically, they asked about maple, cedar, things like that.
1: You know, I I haven't tried any of those woods, but I think, you know... uh, I think, with the right selection of of beer style and the right control over the levels, you never know what you might come up come across with i i I would be uh you know I think it's worth experimenting, but uh you know I wouldn't do a hundred gallon batch with it yeah okay start out small and and see what you, see what you do and send us some samples.
0: I think maple is interesting because I think maple is one of those flavors that people play around with as a sugar anyway, mm-hmm. maple syrup, mm-hmm. so I like that one okay, another question was um. This was a good question, I thought, about sparging. You know, when we sparge, we try not to sparge for too long so that we don't extract tannins. And then with wood aging, we want to extract tannins. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Are they different tannins?
1: Well, you know, one, it's, it's, it's just part of the, I think that's an excellent question, it's part of the, the wood character. Yeah, you know, to have a little bit of tannins. You don't want an overly tannin extraction from from the wood. Uh, it, that can be that can be unpleasant, but a little bit actually can add a little dryness. So if you're making if you have a big sweet alcoholic beer like a barley wine, and you add a little bit of tannin to it, it actually helps uh, ameliorate that uh, that sweetness there with with a little bit of uh, the tannin dryness. Okay,
2: is that an impression of uh, bitterness at all? Tannin flavor coming through in the beer.
1: I mean, uh well yeah I could it it be cons- I mean does it form a form of bitterness and an astringency is that Yeah. Uh you know astringency and bitterness are, are two different things okay. but uh you know it, it can certainly add to that impression I would think.
0: Okay. Now is that a control like if you were to try to get a little bit of tannins out of your sparge say in a barley one like that is that something you can control or I mean or does it get dangerous anytime you're pulling tannins I out of sparge? I suppose you could. Okay.
1: Uh but if if you're missing the other wood flavors? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it, it would be as pleasant. Okay.
0: Okay, um, someone wanted to know what causes a barrel, you know, when you open it, to smell of uh, H2S, uh, this, that sulfur smell.
1: Yeah, the hydrogen sulfide. Well, um, you know, if you are using a, a sulfide solution in the barrels or burning sulfur strips and something like that, you're going to get a lot of sulfur smells out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, otherwise, then, you know, it would be a, a fermentation process. Okay. So...
2: If you're, if you're preserving a barrel with sulfite, mm-hmm. and you have water, and you have a sulfite-citric acid blend, mm-hmm. you can get some H2S aromas from it. Mm. You just want to make sure you purge it and dry it out and purge it with, like, CO2 or... Oh, here's
1: a, here's a couple oh. of things we must mention before yeah. we go on. Okay, my good friend Gordon Strong, he and, and another guy were nearly killed oh. uh, when uh, they lit a sulfur stick and put it in, like, a Jim Beam barrel, some bourbon barrel. And uh, the fumes uh, caught fire, and it exploded... Uh, wow! Whoa. Really seriously injuring the one guy and seriously injuring Gordon as well. He he got the less of it and he uh, you know he was on uh, a cane and. Uh uh, you know it knocked him back. He's a huge guy and it knocked him back like 10 feet. Wow, so, wow. Uh, be very careful the barrel literally exploded. Okay. So if you're gonna light sticks or anything yeah. like that and put fire in a barrel full of alcohol, not a good idea. yeah. Uh, same thing with the uh, the sulfite solutions you put you mix, mix like a, an acid and uh, the sulfite uh, powder together with the water and the fumes from that are very intense and can kill you as well. Yeah, so it's be, poison. Right? Be very, very careful yes, right.
0: okay. Uh, Another question that came through, does the oak flavor um, reduce hop character? Is that something we have to adjust for?
1: No, I think aging a beer will reduce hop character. So just over time, you know that you you tend to uh, you know store the beer for a long time. So if you're if you're doing that, and that's that's a good point. We were saying, yeah, you you want a good beer to go in the barrel, but if you're planning on aging something a long time, you need to compensate for that by upping certain things. Mm-hmm. And one of them would be the bitterness, and another would be the hop character, because okay. that's going to drop over the period of time, you know, six months or a year or whatever you're doing that you're aging. And okay. is is that
2: why you decided when you did your uh, strong ale? You're like, all right, I've got a little bit too much oak, but over time, you know, it'll kind of mellow out. Is that why you kind of decided right, to there? Right, right, exactly, okay.
1: exactly, yeah. And same thing on the bitterness. We, we put a pretty good level of bitterness in there, thinking that when we serve this, it's going to be a year from now, so that bitterness is going to drop off significantly, and, you know, the beer we're left with should be drinkable about this time. <laughs> right. So you have to kind of target that, and it's, it's part of the aging process is kind of guessing where your beer is going to go. Okay.
0: Let me ask you this before I give you the last sort of general questions that came through. Are you going to give a full recipe here at the end for a beer? No, like this? you're not. No, no recipe. No. I kind of had a feeling there's. You don't need to do that for this one. Right. Well, right. here's why I asked, because, you know, a few people wanted to know obviously about how much wood chips are we using if we're doing a five mm-hmm. barrel batch of of such and such. Yep. And I know that's a. I would start if you're if you're doing your first wood aged beer,
1: I would start with uh, an ounce. To two ounces okay. of medium toast French oak or medium plus or anything in that range of French oak cubes, whatever your homebrew shop has, and uh, add that to five gallons of beer. Uh, you know, if if it's something that you think you're gonna leave for a long time, I would go with one ounce in five gallons and uh, taste it on a regular basis. Uh, if you want if you want a real bold wood flavor and you have a really bold beer, you can go with two ounces. but one ounce is probably a, a, of the medium toast French oak is the way to start mm. okay, yeah. and you
0: could always add more later, of course. okay, oh, yeah. exactly
1: be conservative okay, yeah. if you over it, yeah. you can't you can't it. you can't take it back out unless you blend it with more of the same beer there you go. Uh, but uh, you can always add okay, so that's a, that's an excellent point.
0: That'll do it for the listeners.
1: perfect, great, okay, oh, so uh, that was a whole lot of oak. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole lot of wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next show is uh, Sweet Stout, so if you're listening right now, uh, hang out and uh, continue listening. You can hear a Sweet Stout Show. Uh, for the archive listeners, you're going to get that in about two weeks. Don't forget to uh, check out the store, the Brewing Network store. The shirts are available right now. They've got plenty of shirts in, and uh, now's your chance to, to get them. And don't forget to tune in, in to the Sunday show, uh, also on the Brewing Network, for details on how to win a trip to the Great American Beer Festival yeah, in October. Go to Sweet. Anyways, good, sure. good show, John. Yeah, cheers, Bruce Strong. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>